0: Hey everyone, hope you're keeping well. Welcome to episode five of the Fitness Radio podcast. Today's episode is with Mike Grice, who is the clinic director of the Movement Therapy Clinics. Uh, he's currently based in Birmingham, but he's um, now looking to open more clinic rooms around the country. Uh, so it was good to sit down with him, have a chat about his career in the fitness industry, and then how he set up his own business and his progression from there. Hope you enjoy. be a really good conversation to have because it's just, I suppose, two different spectrums. Um, Mark's also obviously running his own business, so we can go into detail about that for those that, that, that don't know him that's listening now. And then we're just kind of going to go from there and just kind of see how we get on. Um, So, yeah, Mike, so thanks um, for joining me. I really appreciate your time as always. Thank Uh, you. So, like I say, yeah, if you could just kind of talk about yourself first of all. Sure. If that's not too hard and then um, we'll kind of lead up from there.
1: Yeah, no worries. So, um, I first of all started uh, in the fitness industry. Um, So, I I qualified... um, Back in 1994 as a gym instructor. Nice. Uh, did a weekend course, I think it was. Was it? Yeah. And uh, people hired you for that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was the minimum you had to have, uh, all before reps and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I worked in a gym, worked as a lifeguard, um, and then I went to uni uh, and carried on working in the fitness industry as I was at uni. Yeah. Uh, once I qualified from there, uh, did my degree, I did a... Um, uh, I went then into health club management, so I did operations roles um, with uh, Canons Health Clubs, which are now Nuffield. And then I um, I went into training then uh, after that. So I, I really enjoyed the training side of things. Yeah. And uh, I would do all the in-house training with the with the lifeguard team and the gym staff. And then uh, I um, uh, what did I do then? I went on to, uh into LA Fitness and I became a regional uh, trainer. So I uh, went around the country delivering the LA Fitness in-house training programs. Okay. Um, and then I did that for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and then I decided around that time I wanted to make a bit of a switch. So I started to move more into therapy. I did a sports therapy diploma. Um, I then did another degree in osteopathy. Uh, and um, I, I switched my focus more into teaching as well. So, yeah. uh worked at a um, worked at a college delivering level two level three courses sports massage and fitness yeah. Uh and then I went into um, university and taught at university level uh, and then whilst I was doing that I then started to open my own clinics so that's the kind of uh, that's why I've got the therapy side the fitness side and the teaching side yes. all, all kind of in, in in one yeah so that's that's the journey over, what's that, 24 years?
0: 24 years, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good stretch. Yeah. So in terms of, um, I suppose, um, what well, LA Fitness, I guess, um, the education that you were providing, is it, was it just what LA Fitness were doing in terms of, because when I was at LA, we did... Like um, their studio, salt and course and all that. Was it yeah. the whole spectrum of yeah? It might have been people?
1: might have been delivered by me. Was <laughs> it? Um, and that's such a long time. Yeah, yeah. so I, I helped um, I helped write it a bit with a couple of a uh, couple of the other girls that were there. Um, and we all had input into the courses, which was great. Yeah. Um, we, because reps was quite new back then, we always tried to make sure that the in-house training was reps accredited as well. Yeah. So, uh, we hit all the criteria for that and then we go out and deliver it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so it was that I, I looked after mainly this region. So, um, kind of up to Liverpool, um, down to kind of Reading sort of, sort of area. So the, yeah. the middle of the country.
0: Okay, great. So was I suppose it's it's Birmingham Movement Therapy, right? I've got that right. Uh, this this clinic yeah. is
1: yeah, um, but the company is Movement Therapy Clinics. Movement yeah.
0: Therapy Clinics. So was that kind of something that you, in terms of the, I suppose the education that you do right now and the service that you do now, was that something that you kind of always wanted to do, or did it just naturally evolve over the time when you became, um, I suppose, an educator for a yeah, and then moving on from there into unis.
1: I think it I think it did evolve. So um, that I remember when I was a fitness instructor um, back, in the, back in about 98, 99, um, there was um, one of the guys in the team was doing a sports massage course. Yeah. And um, of course, they needed someone to practice on, and I was a willing volunteer. Yeah. And then uh, I'd never really thought about doing it before. And then I got really interested because we were helping each other out with um, their revision. And, right. and I was like, you know, this is something that I was really interested in. And um, it, took a, it took a few years, it was probably about seven, eight years later before I, I started doing it um, myself, okay. well, maybe six years later. Um, but yeah, then I started doing it myself, um, but it, it was at the time when I was at LA, one of the other tutors, he was doing a, um, a diploma in sports therapy and uh, his anatomy knowledge was just awesome right. and uh, when he was delivering the, the in-house training courses. You could tell he really knew his stuff, yeah. and I was like, "I wanna, I wanna do that." Yeah, yeah uh, okay. and that, and that kind of like swayed me then to do, to do that course.
0: Okay. So in terms of then, I suppose educating yourself or training mm-hmm. until well, I suppose the start of when you've opened your business. How what what did you need to do?
1: Um, so I, obviously, I already had the the fitness calls. Yeah. And um, I was uh, I was an atypical student, really. So on the I used to, I used to open up the gym in the morning. I used to then go to lectures, yeah. might teach a class at lunchtime, so come, come back to the gym, go to lectures again in the afternoon, and then close up. Yeah. So I was a fitness manager's dream, um, because they didn't have to close and they didn't have to open up. <laughs> they, just, they could do a shift yeah, in the middle yeah. of the day. Um, and then I'd on the weekends, um, because I was earning decent money, and yeah. even as a student, um, I would go on training courses. Right. So I, I went on every single one day two-day workshop that was running on the weekends that, right. that I could okay. um, whereas my mates were were out yeah I was I was learning um, and uh, I met some really cool people who I still keep in contact with now right. e- even after all this time and I think um, the because uh, my students always said to me you know how uh, if I go to um, an expo um, I, I see people that I know again and mm. again you know it's, uh, it's that kind of thing. And um, and if my students are there going, how, how do you know that guy? How do you know that guy? And uh, I said, well, to be in the right place at the right time, you have to be everywhere. Yeah. And uh, you have to give yourself every opportunity to meet the people that may influence the way that you're going to go. Yeah. Um, and I've always been that way. So anybody who is the leader in their field, who's coming to the UK... Um, I will make it a point to go see them. To go and see. Them. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do their course because I, I want to learn from the best guys in the world. Yeah, and um, I'll travel as well, so I'll, I'll go abroad to see people that yeah. that I really want to see. Okay. Um And uh, I've, I've I've always done that, even from young age. From a young age.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I think with me, I think to be honest, that only came when I moved to Dubai. Yeah. When I started, I suppose being in that environment and working with people that I was working with, unfortunately to work with then it kind of opened my eyes and I kind of look back at my I suppose time I suppose as you know the last was at Club and I and, or David Lloyd uh, after that I could have done a lot, lot better in terms of because I was managing a lot of trainers yeah, as well yeah, a lot of PT yeah. manager, um and even pushing them in terms of the education and the development further it wasn't on my radar at all until I literally kind of was involved in that so the fact that yeah. you kind of Sorry. so what was do you kind of remember the first person that you saw that were kind of what, what, what yeah, was my
1: mind and... I, I do actually yeah it was a Nike speed agility quickness course yeah. and this is back in 98 right, so okay. 20 years ago Yeah. and a guy called Mork Coulson I think his surname is he's still on the circuit now still teaching and um, I remember going on his course coming away from it thinking I haven't got a clue what he was talking about yeah no, it, it blew, blew my mind what, what he was, what he was going on about. And, um, but that challenged me to, because I thought my knowledge isn't, isn't there. Mm. And, um, I want to understand what, what he was talking about. And that's why I then went down the route. I wanted to find out more. Yeah. And, um, so he, it was a real challenge, but it really inspiring at the same time. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I learned loads from that. And, uh, um, I did. In fact, I did another course then with Adidas, uh, not long afterwards. And because I'd done the Nike one, the um, the Adidas one just made so much more sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very very similar kind of stuff. Um, but um, <coughs> yeah, it was um, uh, that 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 was the one. I, I always remember that. Um, it's down in I think it was a David Lloyd club in Milton Keynes. Okay. I Remember going there yeah. and uh, I was just like, it just blew my head off. Just blew you away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting because. I mean, like I, I admire. I suppose how you've looked at it because, the, uh, on the other spectrum, there is a lot of trainers out there, unfortunately, that would be like I'm at I'm out of my depth here and just not necessarily do anything about it, right yeah. or wrongly. They would just go back and yeah. either try and win I, I,
1: I was uh, definitely out of my depth. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Um. Do you feel that? Um. I suppose from your point of view, and I know we're kind of going off here a little bit, but in terms of. Trainers as such now, do you think that it's it's just a small amount of people that will constantly look to, to educate, or because uh, mm-hmm. like, in my my impression is that it's a very small percentage. There's a small percentage that was kind of like me, I suppose. Yeah. During my time, there just didn't even register about I need to continue to develop, or there's the other side where it's just now I already know. Like I went to uni for for, for yeah, three yeah, years, yeah. I already yeah. know everything. Come I in. What's your
1: um i think it's the same in any any business really you'll get um you'll get those that um i've got a very fixed mindset so they they see a challenge or they see um the need to learn more as a failure yeah and then those with more of an open mindset where actually that challenge is a good thing and it's going to push you forward um so it's i think it's in every every um every industry um but it's um I mean, for me, it's it's always been really important to educate and I'll, I've um, educated myself as well as other people uh, and it's a big part of what we do yeah. now. It's a huge part of what we do yeah. now. So, um, okay. Yeah, I think um, uh, I, I remember actually, because um, when I was working at the colleges, teaching the Level 2, Level 3, they put me through my certed, ed, so I, I was a qualified teacher yeah. and um, as part of my um, uh, exams and things so I had to do a had to do a final study and I was going to do it on CPD in Birmingham and oh. um, so I went around all the health clubs um, and uh, I wrote a questionnaire and my first question was um, what CPD would you like um, us to provide because mm. we, we were thinking as a college that we could help all the um, health clubs in the area and they would yeah, come on our right. courses and uh and I went in and I dropped, uh, dropped the forms off and, and the people filling them in and they, they didn't know what CPD was. Really? Yeah, they didn't even know what it meant. Yeah. And um, so then I had to, then I took those back and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to really reframe this. And then I was like, do, put the question out there. Do you know what it is? Uh, do you know what reps is? Yeah. And they, they, they didn't know that. So it, yeah. it was re- literally where I thought people were because of my own background and what, how I value education um, that they didn't have it at all.
0: So why, because why, I I can really <laughs> admit that I was probably one of those guys because when I I did the qualification and I, I signed up with LA Fitness um, and they were like, yeah, we're going to get you on reps and, and I asked the question, well, well what is it? And they said, it's the register of Extra Professionals and they just kind of explained it, it's a list where if a client can go and check it, and then and that's that, and I thought, okay, that's fine. Nothing else was told to me, like yeah. right or wrongly. Um, so I don't, I, I always got, I suppose that, and I'm not blaming anyone else for like, my <laughs> lack of education, um, but it just wasn't influence. It was like, yeah. you go and do the indoor cycle course because you need to deliver classes. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily to make you, I suppose, an overall better personal yeah, trainer. Yeah. Um, and even when, I'm kind of here I'm talking about myself here I now. Mean, but, <laughs> but there's a there was a story when I was um, assistant manager for the LA Fitness in Birmingham, mm-hmm. um, and this was with Steve at the time. So Steve was the general manager, um, and Steve's FitBox Twenty Five for those of you uh, listening. Um, and kind of I was looking to move. I, I couldn't. I'd been there for like three years, and I just thought I need to move to a different club. Yeah. Um, and there was a DM role going. Um, and they said, oh, I needed to go through for a, for a course, even mm-hmm. though I'd been DM for, for a year. Yeah, yeah. And it just didn't make sense. And I was just like, but I've been doing the role. Yeah. Um, and kind of they were hiring, you know, certain general managers that, you know, always got experience at phones for You at the time and just didn't know about fitness. And, yeah, yeah. Um, there was another colleague, actually, now he's at Lifetime Training, um, and he kind of said this this GM wanted to leave at five o'clock every day and do nine to five. It was just... Just blowing my mind, kind of yeah. how things were run back then. Um, in you, obviously, because you've been in New Cal a lot longer and it because i have been abroad. But do you feel that kind of that industry? Do you still work with those kind of clubs, and, and has it changed over the years? Um, in 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 the, in the terms of education, or I, is it still the same?
1: I think it's. I think it's worse. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think with the. Uh, explosion of 24 um, hour gyms yeah. and the way that fitness instructors and personal trainers are now employed <laughs> mm. um, or not employed yeah. um, self employed um, the emphasis just isn't there yeah. um, or not, not as much anyway um, again it depends on the company um, I mean I, I was quite lucky when I very first started I think Cannons, Nuffield were, were very very good at looking after their team really focused on education um, and there was a clear pathway a clear progression yeah. whereas I don't think that's there anymore no. um, I think um, quite a few guys are like yeah I want to make money out of PT um, but w- what are you going to do after that well, if you want to carry on doing that then that's fine yeah. but if you want progression wh- where are you going to go Yeah, yeah, what
0: are you yeah. Gonna... and all I us assumed it was kind of the management side and I just yeah. thought well yeah I'll go into fitness managing yeah. general managing and stuff like that um, but even now like, you know, I've been with TRX UK for three weeks, mm-hmm. um, and kind of some of the meetings I have, and these aren't the key decision makers that I've gone and spoke to as yet. It's just like you say, going into your twenty-four hour gyms, mm-hmm. speaking to the fitness managers, and I didn't even realize that TRX then in the education. Let alone the journey. Yeah. and There's like six courses now. Yeah. And they just no, we don't we don't use it. And I was speaking to one one. I won't mention their names, but the club was actually looking uh, if he if he had a. You know his own way would get rid of the functional area and put some more plates and wow. rack there. Okay. Um, and I, it was just said because no one uses it. Right. It's just like we've well, ever thought of getting trained up, and no, I never thought about it. So that's kind of my role. Now, yeah. To try yeah, and try yeah. And let people yeah. know that it's that, so that that's anymore.
1: that classic closed mindset, isn't it? You know, yeah. you you kind of train people the way that you train, and um, I think I've seen that um, you know, over the years where. Um, personal trainers will do the same things with the same people over and over again. And what makes a good one is where and and a good physiotherapist or, yeah. or whatever, um, in the therapy side, that they're adapting things for the individuals rather than trying to pigeonhole the person into their own exercise regime yeah. that they're able to adapt it and um, for people which is really really important yeah. um, and again some, something that's not really taught on the level two level three courses it's very much a yeah um, i mean the level two is you have to deliver it on these gym machines because um, that's the assessment so that's the way it's delivered level three you get a little bit more personalization but the the personalization comes from the different training methods, yeah. rather than the different movements, different movements and yeah. and that that's an issue, and it's been an Do issue. you think for it's years. still very traditional, though? Oh god, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think um, it's uh, the fitness instructors, PTs, are very very good at coaching and prescribing exercises. Sometimes better than some of the physiotherapists and um, sports therapists that I've worked with. Um, but they lack what they are good at coaching. They lack that knowledge of how to adapt and yeah. um and, and and if we combine in the two would be a, a perfect perfect, perfect person yeah. yeah
0: okay um okay yeah so tell me about i suppose what you're doing now in your business so for people that kind of leads don't in oh yeah kind of in, So um
1: so the, the thought process i always had so the, the clinic is um uh so i opened a clinic first of all um where I had a vision of, there was me, I'm, I'm a trained osteopath, um, I wanted a physiotherapist, um, I wanted to work with personal trainers, strength okay. and conditioning guys, I also wanted a dietitian um, and a mental health expert. Right. So that we've got each aspect of a person's health covered and also we refer people to the people who are experts. Okay. So rather than me trying to give some nutrition advice, which I could do because yeah. I've I've done courses in it, but it's not my thing. Um, I've got a basic understanding, but I'll refer you to my, our dietitian because right. she's she's the expert. And that's what she does all the time. Yeah. Um, and um, especially when um, with me dealing with people who are in pain, um, recovering from injury, then um, sometimes the mental health aspect of that recovery process. Um, needs someone with better skills than me at at dealing with that so um, and that that was the vision that was what I wanted to do and now four years later um, we've got about 15 people in the team okay and um, and we've got people who specialize in all those different areas yeah and we all cross refer between each other we don't step on each other's toes we work really well together Um, and um yeah yeah and with the the person the client the patient whatever aspect you work in with them in the center of everything um so we're we're i'm not trying to keep that person and give them advice um just to squeeze some more money out of them Um, i'd rather give you to our you know Uh our expert yeah um, so you get the best possible care okay. um, and uh, yeah, and and that that's it and the, the the thing is as well with therapy, if you if you have an injury and you're in pain, then initially a therapist is really good. we can we can diagnose things, we can um, give you some early stage exercises to do to um, reduce your symptoms, increase your range or whatever the the goal is. Um, but then when once you leave, um for me, I don't want to keep you coming back okay. for, for passive treatments like yeah. um, a massage or, or whatever okay. um, because it just doesn't work. It, right. um, long term, it doesn't work. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to work with strength and conditioning. So I'd go, right, okay, you've had this ankle injury. You could do with what well, we've given you some early ankle exercises to do, um, but now you're beyond that mm. um, and I can give you some more exercises nine times out of ten I know you're not going to do them right so let's get you in a training session with a coach who can coach you and um, motivate you over the next eight twelve sixteen weeks yeah. or whatever so that that injury doesn't come back again or is less likely to okay um, so, and that's um, that's the kind of business model then so um, we've got therapy side sort them out at the beginning and then let's get them strong okay and um, and um, and then they stay with us um, because they're working out and they're, they're getting stronger they're getting stronger Yeah.
0: so if I suppose what I want to ask is I suppose the journey so for someone to come through the door now yeah. how, how does it work in terms of um, what you need to find out or so, um, the programme that you're prescribing and such
1: so if it's um, oh, let's have a think about an example yeah so I had um, uh, I had someone coming in the other day who's a um, decent uh, triathlete and it's uh, got had an ankle Achilles issue. Yeah. So, if, first thing we, we look at is trying to diagnose what, what the problem is. Um, is it an injury or is it an overload issue? Uh, and um, quite often, the one of the main reasons people come in is um, they're not, there's actually no real injury, but they feel pain. Right. And that, that's a bit hard for people to get their head around okay. um, because things can hurt even though they're not damaged. Right. Um, yeah. so, and that's a, a real mind mess for, for some people yeah. um, but the pain is there as a protective mechanism mm. so when you have, suffer from an injury uh, or, you, or, you, or an right. overload um, your body will um, make you feel that there's um, you need to do something about it so it will make you feel um, pain um, uh, and then um, what we need to then try and do is go right okay how can we reduce this sensitivity in this area So we use um, um, exercise therapy, manual therapy, taping techniques, whatever, acupuncture, whatever modality it is, to try and reduce the sensitivity. And then um, usually the biggest thing is adapting what they're doing outside of the treatment room. Right. So... um, Especially triathletes because they train every day, and yeah. um, they very very rarely have a um, a day of rest. Yeah, um, they might have a few rest sessions sort of in the evening or morning here and there in their week, um, but it, with some injuries, especially with, with a, a tendon problem, um, that the tendon doesn't like too much rest. Okay. So actually, that can be a negative thing. Right. So what we tend to have to do is find um, a point. Where they can exercise, where they don't exercise too little, but don't exercise too much, right, okay. and we find that spot in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I, I call it a Goldilocks zone. So you get that Goldilocks zone right, and then um, w- once we get that right, uh, usually they get better okay. because they're not being overloaded too right. much, too much anymore. Yeah. I get you. Um, and it, it's it's usually that that helps the the most. It's the advice on the on the training. And I think my background in programming and fitness helps with my osteopathy. Okay. Um, because um, that certainly wasn't part of my osteopathic training. No, That's... I
0: suppose you've got that link because a lot of people always say there's 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 a definite break between, and again, using my experience, what the kind of GP or the doctor or someone like yourself is prescribing to then come back to a gym yeah. to someone like me or whoever I was managing. Yeah. It's kind of like I don't know what he's he's talking about really yeah, because yeah, I not yeah. got
1: the skills. And yeah, and 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 that's the that's the beauty of um of the team really is um then I can I can say to my SNC guy um I think we should do this yeah um and he he understands what what I would want him to do so for example for the Achilles issue. We work, um, uh, we do some isometrics, some eccentrics, and a little bit of isotonic um, work. Yeah. Um, in, and we see what kind of flares it up, um, if anything does. Yeah. Um, and um, and they understand exactly what I need them to do because that they understand that terminology, um, which is brilliant because then it's not... I'm then passing it on to then the, the S&C expert rather than me trying to continue with that. Okay. And be something else. Yeah. You know?
0: Are you getting... Um I suppose I'm not the same customer. What's what I'm want to ask? In terms of I suppose the equipment or the go to movements, is there anything that you're noticing that's kind of a regularity? Like, oh, I'm seeing the same pattern over here in a triathlete or your general public that like had there's these issues that are happening all the time.
1: I think the uh, the body areas that are injured or or are hypersensitive are completely different for everybody. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing that I do day in day out is educate patients okay um and being having my teaching background and being able to explain especially pain but yeah. pain's a really complex um subject um but trying to explain that in a very simple way so that they can understand what's going on with their body yeah because like like a um like I said you know um you don't have to be injured to experience pain um and um that that is a, that doesn't compute with people uh-huh. they think that okay i've, I've got pain that mean, must mean something's wrong yeah. and it doesn't not all the time mm. so um being able to um explain that in a simple way so that they understand it and then they're not fearful of pain anymore okay uh, and they can then manage it on their own which is perfect that that's what we want them we want them to do
0: yeah i find i find that really interesting because a lot of people and especially I suppose in terms of marketing and stuff of the industry, is it more and more people trying to find pain-free kind of ways of yep. improving? But are you kind of saying that? Well, not saying, but is it the opposite way for you in many cases that
1: if it, once you're sensitive, if you do nothing um, and you try to get a zero out of ten sort of pain um, on the pain scale, you're probably not pushing your body hard enough okay. um, to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what what we use is a, a zero to ten scale. So zero is pain free. Ten is I can't move. Yeah. Um, if you're between a zero and four, whilst you're exercising and the day after, you don't get that. Um, uh above a four in, in uh, discomfort yeah. um, that's fine you know that, that, that's that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. If you get into a five or a six you just need to be a bit careful might need to adapt the exercise maybe reduce the reps, reduce the speed or whatever it is. Yeah. If you're above a seven then you need to stop okay so and we, we give that scale to patients so that they can look at their training session and go well how did that feel It was a four it hurt a bit. Yeah, but I've been told that that's okay so I can carry on which okay. is which is great
0: so is it just educating people in terms of that threshold then because someone might I might think it's a 4 for me but then someone who doesn't like pain will say <laughs> no that's a 7 yeah. for yeah. me is it just literally educating them
1: yeah yeah and that, and that's the beauty of pain you know every, everybody feels things in a different way yeah um, but see pain is um, uh, influenced by a number of different factors so um, especially the mental um, mental side of, of things as well. So that's why we've got the CBT guys yeah. here. So, um, if you have had a really rough day at work, um, you know, the kids are screaming or whatever, you get to the gym and you twinge your shoulder, that's going to hurt a lot more than if it was a nice sunny day and you're on holiday. Yeah. You know, so sure. uh, th- there's loads of different factors that feed into, um, people's sensitivity. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. That's, yeah, that's interesting. So leading on into I suppose the education side, um, yeah. So you you do live a lot of courses.
1: So yeah. Enough. It's yeah, about fifty courses a year now. Yeah. So we do um, we do quite a few training dates in uh, in the clinic in Birmingham, and um, what I used to do was a load of CPD. Yeah. Um and and I used to do a qualification course as well, and what I decided to do was amalgamate everything together. So that um, the people that did the qualification course also got the kind of advanced courses as well as part of the package. So uh, we used to deliver a qualification course over about four months and it was just basic sports massage. Yeah. And um, I was quite happy with it. And the people that were coming out of it were good, good massage therapists. Um, but then um, I just thought I wanted to do more. Yeah. Uh, so we've completely changed it now where it's, uh, it's now a two year course um and there are um, like 24 25 training days as part of the course wow. and um all of the stuff that we've done or oh, oh, i've delivered at uni and colleges and um and the cpd is, is all in there now yeah um so when they come out at the end of it um they they're really good yeah yeah um and uh, we've got three of them now working in the clinics okay yeah so that um so we've cr- again we've created a bit of a pathway for people to uh, to come in and work within the therapy industry yeah. um and uh, the guys at the end of their course have got an option to remain part of the team so they uh, they pay like a monthly fee and they can come on any of the courses again as an update right um they just jump on the, the next one okay and um so they c- they continue their education um, that we're part of a like a social media group as well, where if they've got any um, patients that they're struggling with, and they can ask questions. Yeah. And obviously, all anonymous and everything, but um, we've got clinicians then that can help the the new guys yeah. um, uh, come, you know, work out what to do with people. Yeah. Can you start
0: from from scratch on your education? You don't need yeah, any yeah. previous.
1: Uh, at the moment, we've got uh, we've got an accountant. Yeah. Um, literally never done any anatomy stuff before right. and um so she's started this year um we've had a guy just graduate actually who was a truck driver okay yeah and uh he he works in the clinic now yeah. um he's one of the best therapists that the, um i've worked with really he's, yeah. he's really hands-on really good and he's he was into mma okay. and uh and he now is the main therapist for the bare knuckle boxing okay so um bkb are um well, he was just at the Echo Arena, okay. uh, and then he's at the O2 again in June. So uh, he's supporting all of the um, all of the boxes with, nice. with that. So and he's doing that full time now. Um, so no he idea. he's still doing a bit of truck driving, yeah, yeah. but he's trying to get that switch. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it's um, yeah he, he's done really well, yeah. done really well. No, that's really good. So but whenever he had a truck stop, um, he'd have his books, and, yeah. and he'd be listening to podcasts all the time. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he was really really good.
0: Okay, brilliant, that's great. So yeah, going off to, on the, the podcast, we talked obviously previously kind of the education journey for you, Such so is there anyone now that you're kind of still following? and um, kind of
1: Yeah, a few, a few people. So what I try to do now as well is um, probably similar to what, what you did when, when you were over in uh, the Middle East was... Um, uh, uh, I try now to get people to come here who are good to deliver courses at the oh, clinic, okay. and then they use my clinic as a venue, and then um, and then I get to see them too. Yeah. Um. So uh, it, it you know win win for me. That's exactly. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I get to see I get to see the good guys. So yeah. the, the last one that was here was um, Ben Cormack. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, so Ben um, did a course in January for us. And um, yeah, we had about fifteen, sixteen guys in here on the course. Great. So it's really good. Um, got to meet Ben because I've been following him for a while. Yeah, and um, and he's off all over the world this year. Brilliant. So it's nice that he came to to come to Birmingham yeah, for good. a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: brilliant. And you're doing a bit of travelling as well. So your keynote as well. Yeah. and yeah, what you what you're up to this year? Or... Um.
1: So this year I've got um. I'm working with Rock Tape. Um. So I, I signed with Rock Tape. Um. Last. November, December time and um, as an exclusive trainer for them and uh, I deliver their rock blade and rock tape courses okay. um, but I also help out at the um, expos as well so we've got the therapy expo coming up in November at the NEC and um, before that we've got the body power expo as yeah. well okay. so um, I'm doing, that, that's on my own though so that's with movement therapy and yeah. clinics. Um and um yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm at body power. I do things like Fit Pro. Um, haven't done that for a while. Um do um I've kinda of moved away from the fitness stuff um recently. Um it's probably been about six six years since I've done Fit Pro and things like that. But um yeah, Therapy Expo is a big one. Yeah. Um and then Is that the
0: biggest one in your
1: field? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a huge event. Um it's a, a couple of days at the NEC and we've got um uh, Rock Tape have got their own kind of movement summit area, okay. uh, and we do like open workshops. So uh, and it is a really cool team. We've got um, we've got some really good physios, uh, good osteos, and um, you know we and we all work together. Yeah, uh, it, it's a they're a really nice bunch of guys. Some really good experience in the team. So I'm learning <laughs> loads from them, which is really good because I've I've had to observe them delivering. Yeah, um, so there's um, been some really cool things that I've seen and um, hopefully I'll be able to bring something to the team as well oh that's good
0: well in terms of then obviously because Oh, you've mentioned, you're really into uh, further development and education for you. Is there uh, what what are you focusing on now? What's your kind of area where you, uh, you need to learn more? Or you're just interested in that subject.
1: I think for me, um, I need to have a word with Brendan Chaplin because <laughs> uh, I've been on about doing his course for a while. Um I'll, I'll have a chat with him. Yeah. With me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Brendan and I were to um uh, well, we talked before Christmas time. So we're we're going to do a bit of a cross promotion between oh, our, our be courses because. Um, my guys need to do his stuff and his guys need to do my yeah. stuff so it, it works really well. Um yeah, so I I want to do some SNC stuff. I did I did start a masters in SNC down at Twickenham, um, St Mary's Uni. Yeah. Um but um I was just so busy. Okay. I d- I couldn't do it. So yeah. uh, I need to find another avenue to get to get in there. Um but my big thing was um after I finished my osteo degree I did um I did a post grad a certificate in clinical anatomy okay. so um, I really like anatomy teaching anatomy um, so uh, there, there's a masters programme at Birmingham Uni uh, to do um, an, an anatomy dissection thing for, for a couple of years. So. Yeah. Um, once everything calms down and uh, yeah. uh, things are looking okay, then I'm going to take a bit of time out of the business and and do contract myself again One for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I have to jump on the TRX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so then, I suppose, quickly kind of just a couple more things just to finish off, but in terms of I suppose your business now. Mm-hmm. Where's the kind of growth over the next couple of years for you?
1: Um, definitely education. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're getting a really good name now for training good people, which is uh, and we are uh, the way that we assess people. Is to a really high standard. I try to match it to what you would get on a degree program, because right. um, I want people to not just pass an exam, but actually know the stuff. Yeah. So if um, if you ask them again in like three months' time, they'd still know the answer. Yeah. Um, and and with the c- continued education opportunities as well. Um, so yeah, that that's um, that that's really important. Um, but um, from that then comes the opportunity to support people with their business and their clinic yeah you know we've been there we've done it we know um saying before we started you know it it takes it took me about 10 months to build any kind of decent client base right and that's scary that is especially if you're opening your own place you got rent to pay you got bills to pay and you've got one patient a week, Sure. you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, so, um, and we know it is, so we want to help support people, um, build their business and, and be truthful as well. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Um, and how did you do it? What did you do? Um, who did you speak to? Um, and, uh, so that, and I think that those people will come from our education as well. Mm. Um, some people may want to join the team, um, and, and become a movement therapy clinic, um, but we made the decision last year. If you want to do that, you have to do our course, um, because yeah, it, you, we've got you know set standards on how we do things, um, and up to date education as well. Yeah. Um, because things change all the time, and like with Ben Cormack coming, you know he he was presenting all of the latest research on pain. Right. So then we distributed that to the team. So my guys are bang up to date with yeah. pain research. Right. So it's um you know it's we we want to. That that that's how we we'll want to run things. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: that's good. No, I, I like that a lot. Um, okay. And then in terms of if people want to follow you or you know keep up to date with what you're up to, yeah, where can
1: yeah. they? So on Instagram we're uh, Movement Therapy Clinic. Uh, on Twitter I'm at Bham Movement, and um, and then we're on Facebook as well, Movement Therapy Clinics. Yeah. Uh, or Movement Therapy Education for the education okay. side. Brilliant. All right, Mike. Really appreciate the time. Cool. Thank you very much It's been a really good chat. Thank Cheers, Nick. Cheers.